Hello and welcome to episode 42 of the Educating Investors Podcast. My name is Scott Peterson, Financial Advisor of Harmony Wealth Management. Thanks for tuning in for today's episode, Investing in China. I believe that educated investors equal successful investors. The goal of this podcast is to help to educate as many individuals as possible on markets, the economy, and financial planning topics. In this episode, I'm going to discuss the recent volatility along with the current pros and cons of investing in Chinese stocks. China's markets have been volatile in the past six months with some of the biggest names having dropped more than 40% at the worst of the downturn. President Xi Jinping and the Communist Party have shifting policy toward its desire to address social, economic, and national security priorities, as well as national security and regulations that target large portions of the economy, including the technology, education, property, and healthcare industries, and many of China's most well-known and successful companies. So what are the current risks associated with the Chinese stock market? The first risk is the U.S. taking a proactive and bipartisan stance toward China based on human right abuses against ethnic minorities in China, as well as their crackdown in Hong Kong. There is also concern about China companies listed in the U.S. as American Depository Receipts, or ADRs. The Security and Exchange Commission, the SEC, is looking at ways to take steps that pave the way for delisting Chinese companies that don't comply with U.S. auditing standards. According to the SEC, many investors aren't aware of the risk embedded in Chinese ADRs. This is due to the fact that a number of them are based on a corporate structure known as a Variable Interest Entity, or VIE, that's used to skirt China's foreign ownership rules and results in U.S. investors owning shares in a shell company with a contract with the Chinese business operators. The next risk is that of regulatory actions of China itself. There has been a push by the Chinese government for stronger regulations in a number of industries recently. The Chinese government blocked the highly anticipated public offering of Alibaba Group Holdings affiliate Ant Group last fall. Beijing also targeted soaring education costs by turning after-school tutoring firms into nonprofits, And it cooled a hot initial public offering market with an inquiry into the data practice of DD Global just days after it went ahead with a U.S. market IPO. They recently passed one of the world's strictest data privacy laws that would require companies and individuals handling Chinese citizens' data to minimize data collection and seek prior consent. Since scuttling what would have been a blockbuster initial public offering of Ant Group in November 2020, Chinese regulators have brought on their clampdown to include dozens of companies and businesses including internet finance, e-commerce, food delivery, ride-hailing, after-school tutoring, and video gaming. Chinese President Xi Jinping has described the nation's ever-larger after-school tutoring industry as a chronic disease that has increased the cost of raising children and held down China's birth rates. The crackdown on the education sector addresses a genuine social problem in China. The cost of education is running far too high, which is having an alarming demographic impact. Given the recent announcements hard on the heels of the publication of China's latest census, there is little doubt that the Chinese government has come to the conclusion that tutoring companies are part of their problem and that profit-making education companies can't really be part of the solution. They have taken aim at anti-competitive business practices, lapse in data security and privacy and other issues, imposing fines and other penalties, and demanding that companies rectify the problem. The goal is to ensure companies do more to serve the Communist Party's economic, social, and national security concerns. Interestingly enough that the U.S. has started to go down the road of further regulation of its internet companies just like China. American leaders in both parties have worried that big tech suffocates competition, violates privacy, propagates misinformation, and encourages online addictions. But one of the big differences in China is that it's governed by a one-party regime and therefore able to act more quickly. And while the U.S. and Europe have been debating how to handle its online platforms for well over a decade, China has acted quickly. 
What does it mean for investing in China? In order for the Chinese to compete in current and emergent technologies with the U.S., continued innovation by the Chinese is important in a time where the world has become more hostile toward China. Companies like Alibaba and Tencent are the corporate champions of China to compete with the Internet giants of the U.S., such as Google and Facebook. So the risk is not to destroy their corporate champions, but to use the current increasing regulations for the Chinese government to have more control over the data and operations of these companies and to get a more level playing field. China is trying to direct capital and human resources away from Internet companies and new sectors that will help the country become more self-reliant. What are the pros and cons of currently investing in China? Let's start with the pros. Valuations of the Chinese market are lower than that of the U.S. According to Yardeni research as of October 6th, it shows that the S&P is trading with a 21.2 times forward P.E., while China is trading at a 13.1 times forward P.E. Looking at the MSCI China Small Cap Index as of the end of September, it was trading at an 8.3 forward P.E. Taking the value discussion further, some of the major technology champions are trading at a discount to those in the U.S. The Alibaba ADRs are trading at a forward P.E. of 15.52 times earnings versus Amazon trading at 60.09. China is a $15 trillion economy, the second largest economy in the world, home to 1.4 billion people with a growing middle class. So there is an opportunity for companies that would benefit from domestic consumption as their middle class grows. With the private sector accounting for almost 90% of urban employment and the digital economy accounting for 40% of China's GDP, most expect China to ease off or reverse course if its efforts hurt economic growth and not to destroy their internet leaders. With the potential for slower economic growth, they have the ability to apply easier monetary policy. When COVID-19 hit at the end of 2019, it did not enter into large-scale quantitative easing as many developed market central banks did. It shifted to a tighter policy bias in late 2020 after the economy recovered from COVID shocks and refocused on deleveraging and regulatory reforms. However, as headwinds to growth have intensified again since the second quarter of 2021 on the back of the COVID flare-ups and the regulatory tightening effects, policy has returned to an easing bias. The government corporate intervention in China that has hurt internet stock is driving investors to sectors that still have Beijing support, such as high-tech manufacturing and renewable energy. Finally, shares of companies listed on the Chinese stock market have performed better than those Chinese stocks listed on exchange in the U.S. and Hong Kong. The MSCI China index is down 7.24% through September, while the MSCI China A index, an index that tracks onshore China A shares, is up 0.20%. Some of the current cons affecting investing in China could be the continued regulatory pressure on different industries of the Chinese economy, including internet technology and education industries, with additional targeted industries possible as the Chinese government strives for common prosperity. Potential risk of delisting of American-listed shares could be another con. The Holding Foreign Companies Accountable Act passed during the final months of the Trump administration requires companies traded on the American exchanges to submit to audits or face delisting within three years. The precise rules are still being drawn up, but will probably eventually involve a great shedding of shares. The American market has come to host $1.5 trillion worth of Chinese companies. And finally, there's a potential risk of the VIE corporate structure. Because the Chinese government blocks foreign direct investment in key industries like technology, these companies form shell entities known as VIEs, Variable Interest Entities, in foreign jurisdictions like the Cayman Islands, which are then listed on exchanges including the New York Stock Exchange and the NASDAQ. 
Guy Davis, a portfolio manager at GCI Investor, stated that these structures are fundamentally illegal in China and were constructed to circumvent the foreign ownership laws that exist in China. Davis says somebody at some point came up with this wonderful structure that says two different things to two different people. It says to U.S. investors that you're investing in a Chinese company, and it says to China that there are no foreign investors in this company. Although there is more regulatory risk to investing in Chinese company, they are a source of further diversification in an equity portfolio and are trading at lower valuations to the U.S. markets. Investing in a broad-based emerging market ETF or mutual fund will provide exposure to Chinese equities, including those such as Alibaba and Tencent. For those investors that want access to companies listed on the Chinese market, there are ETFs that invest in A-shares, which are domestic Chinese equities that trade on the Shanghai or the Shenzhen Stock Exchange. And finally, for those that want exposure to smaller companies in China, they may not be in the crosshairs of the Chinese regulations. There are ETFs that invest in small-cap Chinese companies. This completes this episode of the Educating Investors podcast. I know that time is an important asset for everybody, so I appreciate you taking a part of your day to listen. If you enjoyed the content of this podcast, feel free to share this with other friends and family that may be interested. Also, feel free to check out my website at www.harmonywealthmanagement.com to learn more about what I do as well as to find my contact information and links to my LinkedIn page and blog. The Educating Investors podcast is presented for informational purposes only. The information presented on the Educating Investors podcast should not be construed as investment advice. Always consult a licensed investment professional before making investment decisions. The Educating Investors Podcast, its host Scott Peterson and his firm Harmony Wealth Management LLC, should not be held liable for losses resulting from investment decisions based on information or viewpoints presented on the Educating Investors Podcast show.